Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B, and on this show, we'll talk truth on tough topics to help you normalize and navigate the junk and invite you to choose epic joy on the daily. Because let's be honest, life gets to be a whole lot of both. We'll jam on beliefs, breakups, body image, and so much more to create breakthroughs and become the truest you. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest for you. I have Dr. Asha Boer. She's a psychologist, holistic success coach, and founder of The Consistent Creative. She's dedicated to helping creatives and entrepreneurs to trade in the hustle and overwhelm mentality for more flow, productivity, and joy. Dr. Boer has over a decade of experience studying flow, mindfulness, and resilience, and helping high performers to clear mental blocks, clarify their values, and define their own versions of success through the right strategy, the right systems, and the right mindset. When she isn't conducting research or working with clients, Dr. Boer enjoys travel, design, yoga, extra spicy chai tea lattes, and snugs with her tabby cat, Sati. Welcome, welcome, Asha. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? Amazing, amazing. Asha and I know each other from an incredible women's retreat that we took last year around this time, and it was called Pace to be Brave. We had a beautiful little retreat mansion and we just got to spend time in the energy of of strangers basically the 12 of us just signed on to jump in a house together and see what happened pretty much yeah yeah we really dove in just (laughs) that was a brave action and something I'm so so happy for and grateful for because I met so many amazing women including yourself that weekend Oh my gosh, it was magic. I want to go back as soon as possible. You know, a lot of things can happen when we enter out of our comfort zone. And that's what Pays to be Brave was all about. And today, you know, we're really gonna really gonna make the most of our time with you because not only do you just have the most incredible essence and energy as a human being, but I love how you embody so much of the scientific space. So we really get to geek out and nerd out on that part of your brain. But then so much flow and so much ease and so much embodiment, which really does make you the holistic approach. So Mm. I'm excited to have you jump on here and talk to our folks about trading in your burnout for flow and joy, because I know so many of us work our heinies off, and then we never find a state of flow. We never find a state of joy. So maybe you can just start by taking us back down memory lane um, and tell us a little bit about your own personal journey and how you really kind of transitioned from this this uh, junk to joy, as so I like mm. to call it. <laughs> mm, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's interesting because when I think back on my own journey as a healer and coming into you know, my, my full worth, uh, I really started by following other people's formulas, right? Mm. And I think more so than the average person, I followed those for quite a long time, right? For me, it wasn't just like, you have to get into the Ivy League school and do that first degree, but then that wasn't enough. Like, then I had to go back and get the master's degree. And then if I wanted to be a healer, like, I need to get the doctorate degree. (laughs) So then I went back and got the doctorate degree in psychology. And I'm, don't get me wrong, I am so, so grateful for 
the course of my education. And I think actually one of the things that it taught me along the way is I started to see that the way in which people were were talking, like the things we were studying, things like mindfulness, things like resilience, you know, things about healing were happening alongside incredible burnout. So Mm. there was simultaneously, you know, in the academic world, there's simultaneously these amazing principles that we're studying around helping human beings flourish alongside this sort of grind this publication they call it publish or perish mentality people are constantly just trying to get money get funding get the next thing get the next position and I was on that train um Mm. and so I think you know by watching that alongside having my own journey I met I was a meditator from my teens and was really diving into yoga during my grad school time, getting certified in yoga alongside my, you know, my degrees, and realized that there must be another way. Like, there must be a way to embody the things I'm studying, not mm. just study them with my head, but how do I study these things with my whole body, right? Um, yeah, and so I think at stepping really into that for me you know, it was a journey. I, I came to California, um, not with my intuition, still with my head, like on the next research fellowship, the next thing, the next, you know, award, um, following that path that way. But along the way, that intuitive part of me, that kind of wise voice within me growing stronger and stronger. And so I've really stepped into now, how can I be fully a scientist and fully like an embodied healer at the same time. And, and that's looked like juggling a lot of hats, a lot of titles. I, I, you know, I feel like it's a constant evolution, but I feel like today I, I really embrace a multi-passionate life and, and I really help my clients to do the same, to start to just break those paradigms, right? Because it's so easy to kind of unconsciously, not even with, you're not even realizing it, but follow someone else's story, right? Kind of be, be following someone else's rules for what your life needs to look like without even realizing it until years and years go by and you look back and say, wait, whose story am I living? Mm. And it's not mine. <laughs> this isn't my, my definition of success. I've actually never sat down and defined it for myself. Yeah. So, so that's what I'm passionate about today. And it, it definitely comes from personal experience and living through that. Yeah. As so much of this work does, I found that too. I found that, you know, I did the corporate grind. I did the hustle. I did the nine to five. I did the graduate from high school, go to college, get the four-year degree. And then I always wanted to work in the wellness world. Mm. And I always wanted, but what I didn't know is that I wanted to just be a healer. I wanted to help people heal to be the best version of themselves, to be the most joyful, to feel most fulfilled and, Mm. or even to just feel more fulfilled or even just to feel a little bit of joy. Cause some people (laughs) just don't experience some of these high vibrational expressions, right? Because we get so centered around these default settings. Yeah, these these patternings. So how did you even know? Do you remember knowing when you were adopting someone else's beliefs or someone else's systems? When did it really sink in for you that there was an opportunity to do it a different way? I think it was a gradual thing. But the first thing that comes to mind for me 
this is kind of a funny story. So in the process of, uh, I was writing my dissertation. So I really honed in on the study of mindfulness. I wrote my dissertation on the relationship between mindfulness and how we strive towards goals through the process of acceptance. So I was really in depth studying that um, at a scientific level. And I was writing this dissertation, this like 150 page monster and drinking Red Bulls and staying up all night, like pulling all nighter after all nighter because I was on a deadline, right, to get this dissertation in and defend it. Um, and, and just having this moment, you know, I, I, you know, taking a break to meditate and do my yoga practice. And in that moment, realized that how hilariously disconnected the words on the page were from the way I was as I was writing them. And I just was like, this can't be right. You know, like this, this can't be the only option that there is for it. So I started to kind of experiment with what if I radically put myself first in my energy? What if I prioritize that? What if I prioritized my mindset over my output? What would mm. happen? And I just started to do little experiments in my life around that. Like, what if I started the day with those practices instead of the grind first, and then, you know, you hope for the best with the rest. And what I found is I actually had more energy. I still got everything done. Mm -hmm. um, but, I, but I felt like I was actually living my own life, right? Like I was in my body alive for these milestones that I was crossing along the way. Right. And so for some people, that journey does involve like det detaching from that current path that they're on and maybe just embarking on a brand new path, like leaving corporate or kind of not finishing the degree. For me, I, I think that is a beautiful option. And it's also an option to do both. Right. It's finding what your version is. So for me, I still did the degrees, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this exactly the way that feels good to me to do it. And I still did it, right? Like I still, like I still did it. And so I was sort of like, wait a second, I need to tell other people this. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Put your Red Bulls down. You might have another option here where you actually get to enjoy the journey and you're not so exhausted at the finish line that you don't even get to celebrate your own life and your own success. Because that's what I, I so often see. People are going through just trying to get the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. They're so tired by the end of each thing that mm. there's this kind of burnout hangover that prevents them from actually experiencing their success. And it, you know, I do think most people wake up from that eventually, but I don't think it's necessary in the first place. So I think mm. my mission at this point is to break down the myth that that's a necessary road stop on the way to your success. Right. Like we've got this myth. Yeah. We've got this myth that, you know, you hear that, that journey, right. I, I got here, but there was that dark night of the soul where I was completely burnt out and I was working all hours of the day, but I got where I, and that's beautiful. Like, I think it's empowering on the other side, but I'm asking a much more radical question, which is, is that chapter actually necessary in the first place?
Ooh, I love you for challenging the norm. And that's what we talk about so much on um, Company Joy, the podcast is how do I challenge the norm to let other people know that there is another opportunity? It doesn't mean it's yeah. the net. It doesn't mean it's the necessary way. It doesn't mean it's the only way. It means if you're sick and tired of going down the path that you're on, give this other thing a whirl and see how that serves you. So I wanted to ask you, how do we shift or how do we recognize burnout before we're in too deep? What do those mm. signs look like? What does that look like? What does that feel like? How do we know when it's time to try something else mm -hmm. or that it, it might be coming on? Because I, I feel like for me and my growth journey, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, I didn't know until I got there that I was exhausted. And I was like, yep. why invest so much of my energetics over here? Now yes. I don't even know if I can go back to it. Yes. So one thing that comes up for me there is I think we often are waiting for the signs of burnout setting in before we adjust. And I think for anyone listening, even if you're not currently experiencing what you think might be burnout, if you are, definitely listen. But if, even if you aren't, do this work anyway of defining success for yourself, of defining you know, how you get into your body, what strategies help you feel embodied and in flow in your life. Define those for yourself regardless. Because the thing about burnout is that Oftentimes it is creeping in, in ways that we aren't going to perceive until it gets stronger, right? So mm. if we wait to start feeling it, we're actually kind of, it's like waiting, you know, like not sleeping until the, the fatigue sets in versus like proactively getting enough sleep, right? Like, so you want to be kind of addressing these things on the outset. And I think, you know, part of this is just understanding that you are unique, right? If you kind of step away from the formulas for how to do a morning routine, how to structure your work day, how to, you know, like you, you see all these kind of five steps to success, five steps to productivity and peak energy. If yes. Anything with us with a seven steps to is kind yeah. of like a warning sign to me. I'm so totally. careful of that in my own coaching practice where it's yeah. like, hold on. If there's an exact formula to this, it's like a warning yep. sign to me now. I'm like, ah, oh, there may be, you know, different opportunities, but if it's a, if it's a strict step format, I've done that one too many times, right? This is the only way. This is the one way. It's very rule stricken, right? Yep. Versus kind of that flow that you were talking about. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, no, I, I it's such an important point to kind of just be just take those formulas with a grain of salt, like you can dabble in them from an experimental mindset. And I'm all about experimenting, right? I'm all about kind of with from a growth mindset, just trying things out, seeing how it goes. But do it knowing that you are experimenting in order to understand yourself better, not to find the perfect formula, but you're doing it ultimately for your own self journey, for your own self awareness. And, you know, I think part of this is that um, when you think about like a word like the hustle, right? It's just something that's, especially in like the coaching and, and professional and personal development world, you see like hustle and heart, you know, all that. And, and I'm not against the hustle. I think it's one of the things that sometimes people mistake and think like I'm anti-hustle. I think some people are natural born hustlers mm -hmm. and that's their energy. 
And then there are people who aren't. I happen to not be. I am a like, I need flow, rest, contemplation, introspection. I'm not someone who has that level of extroversion where I jump up and I'm like ready to grind all day, right? So there's nothing wrong with one or the other. It's that you need to understand that you are a unique human being. And in order to be in your joy and be in your bliss, you need to just own your own energy, own how your energy flows through your body and really become, you know, a really well aware of your own states of being throughout the day so that you can stay in flow as much as possible. And if you do that, yes, it might look like the hustle for some people. For others, it's going to look like very little work and a lot of a lot of yoga and meditation and long walks. And both of those are beautiful. It's about finding the, the, the formula that works for you and only you can define that. Oh my gosh. I love that so much in my framework. It's called Epic Joy, mm. um, energy, presence, intention, and connection. And joy stands for just own you. And mm. I love that you just said that, like just owning the parts of you that are your true sacred uniqueness, your true yeah. alignment. And I too, in my coaching, do not like defining things as good or bad or shoulds or shouldn'ts. That type of terminology, it just is. It's just, it just is. We talk a lot about food and body in my coaching practice. And oftentimes I hear my clients say, I know that that food is so bad. And I know mm. that this one is so good. And I said, it's just food. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, and and right? Yeah, it, it comes up with a lot of my people come to me wanting to, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and creative types, and they'll come to me wanting to optimize their creativity, kind of make their next launch, you know, take their, take their business to the next level. And they'll, they'll often say like, I need to figure out how to wake up at 5am because that's when everyone wakes up. And, but I keep feeling like my creative ideas are coming to me at 11pm and how do I fix my brain? And I'm like, what's wrong with your brain? Just, just listen to your body. And yeah, for some people that magic hour is going to be 5am and for others, it's going to be at the end of the day or in the middle of the day. And who decided when you get to be creative, you know, just, just follow your body and it's going to work out as long as you are getting proper sleep and nutrition and you're taking care of yourself on getting the basics done. You don't have to follow someone else's playbook for what this looks like. So I think it's very, very important that, you know, like when I'm working with someone who does want to create a morning routine, they'll say something like, what has to be a workout, right? Because they say that if you don't get cardio right. in at 6am, then you know, it, and but yet all I want to do at 6am is do some yin yoga, but I guess I can't. And I'm like, what? Where, where did you get that idea? Right? So that's where I really ask people, what if just for one week, it's just like a, I'm just it's a challenge for everyone listening right now. What if for one week, you, you every time you notice that the voice coming to you was actually an external one? another formula what if instead you followed what your body is asking just for a week right mm. and if at 6 a.m your brain is saying i need to i need to do the you know miracle morning or whatever it is that you feel like you need to do but your body is saying you know i really need to have a cup of tea and like stay under the covers and read a good book what if for one week you really really listened because mm -hmm. i think it, ultimately it comes down to self-trust we don't trust that our body will find its own version of productivity if we just listen to it.
it's uh, all trust <laughs> at the end of the day. This is so epic in itself, this conversation. I invited um, some of the women that I work with a couple of weeks ago. I invited them to turn off their phones mm. and turn off any clocks that they had in the house for one day. A Saturday, mm-hmm. a, a Saturday. And the whole opportunity was that our body gets to be the clock. Our body gets to tell us when we wake up. Our body gets to tell us when we eat. Our body gets, and just honoring that. And if you eat every hour because it's truly feeling like it needs nourishment, don't judge yeah. it. Yeah. If it's, I sleep, I wake up at 4 a.m., don't judge it. If it's, I wake up at 10 a.m., don't judge it. Just turn it all off because they'd say, well, how long should I? (laughs) Well, you should do something as long as it feels good in my mind. And I checked myself with this yesterday because I went into um, develop some new content and I was feeling that the flow of content was just shut off. Yeah. It was on lockdown. It was not having it. And I sat at my computer for a good 45 minutes. If I'm being completely honest, just like, come on, Come on, Mm -hmm. come on, fingers. You can do it, fingers. This is the time that we blocked in your schedule from 11 until 12.15 (laughs) to do the creative content. So that's when we have to do it. And then I knew that I was out of alignment with what I teach, which is this flow that we're talking about. And so I decided after that 45 minutes to use the remaining time to go, what do you want to do? Yeah. What do you want to do? My body... It wanted to write some letters instead, write some love notes to people. It wanted to do, you know, get into some gratitude, get into some appreciation. It wanted to do a little bit of breath work. So I sat down in meditation for five minutes and that's all that I wanted to do. And then it was the next thing. So really attuning. I love that you said, you know, really attuning to what the body wants to do in flow is so important. And I love earlier that you said the piece about the hustler, because I've never heard it explained that way, that it's okay to hustle, especially when we're talking about this, but it's really like semantics, right? Like what are we, that we've put meaning on the word hustle to mean grind and dive in and do it, you know, and what if hustle just means like, I'm at a faster pace doing what I love. And for some people, I think that that's what hustle means Mm -hmm. versus, and I've just never heard anybody describe it like that. Like maybe your flow is a faster pace. Maybe it isn't hustle. And that makes you feel so good. Yeah. Yeah. Like for me, I found that my, you know, and I, I, I need to preface all of this with saying like, I think people could take this too far and think like, well, I guess I'm just going to flow and hope for the best, right? You definitely need, and that's why part of my, my system is around right systems, right? Like finding the right things that support you. It's, you do bring in, you know, time blocking and using a calendar are wonderful, right? And it's, it's in tandem with also learning how to find your flow and how to tap into that. But yeah, I think for me, I, I tend to work in sprints. I had to discover this over time that I tend to have bursts of energy. I do a lot of marketing. I do a lot of kind of uh, planning out a next launch, whatever I have coming up, creating content, batching it. And then I have a long period of time, you know, a couple weeks where I don't do much of anything. I've batched everything during the sprint. So now I just relax. And that's just how my body tends to work. Right. And so I don't teach a big part of my coaching is I don't teach people how I do it. Right. Right. Because that's how I do it. 
I teach, you know, like I have a, a morning routine course and all of it is I'm not going to teach you my morning routine. I actually intentionally do not share what my morning routine is very often with people because I don't want people to be like, oh, well, she teaches a lot about morning routines. So I'm going to, you know, she's a behavioral scientist, so she must know. So I'm going to do it this way. I want people to tap into their own body. But mm. alongside that, the more you do that, you can also bring in things like, you know, things like time blocking or calendaring you start to bring them in together in a way that's like a beautiful marriage. Like when you were sharing before about sitting down and kind of like, this is the time you have to do this work, right? When you start to bring these things and marry something like time blocking with flow exercises like breath work or visualization, whatever taps you in, you start leading into those hours with those things. Mm -hmm. So you start, instead of starting with the berating yourself or the rigidity, you start those blocks of time with the things that you start, you know, from your inner wisdom will bring you into that natural state of inspiration, right? So you start incorporating that into your blocking of your time in a way that really helps you, yeah, stay on task, but do so in a way where you don't feel like you are in this rigid kind of framework that you can't break out of, right? And totally. so with the flexibility that, yeah, you know, like maybe you blocked this time and maybe you're a rock star at flow because you've been doing this work and then you're sick with a cold. Well, then rest, right? Like that it has to be with enough flexibility to allow your body to, to change over time. Again, coming back to the self-trust that you are perfectly capable of tapping back into that flow tomorrow. Mm. Um, and realizing, and this is a big thing that I, I say over and over again, because I feel like productivity, the word gets a really bad rap lately. It scares people a lot. Yeah. And productivity is just a state of being. It's not something you're seeking to achieve. That's the achiever mentality. We want to achieve productivity, right? Like we want to be a productive person, like it's a personality trait. But it's really an emotional state. If you think about how we actually use the word, we say, I felt really productive. So it's actually an emotional state of being. It's a feeling. It's an energy in your body. And then you can trade out the word if the word is making you feel stuck. But starting to see it more as that flowing, energized, inspired energy where you sit down and this, the content just flows. You, mm. you sit down and the, the thing you're working on, whether it's work, I often talk about work, but this is in relationship too, that the, the conversations just flow. That is how I like to think about productivity. It's, it's an emotion, not, not something that you are or you aren't as a human being. Uh, I, love, I love that you just said that because I often ask my clients to set their intentions for the day. And what that looks like is two statements. Today is going to be, and today mm. is going to feel. So mm. the first piece is really focused around energetics. Today is going to be, and the second piece really focused around emotionality. Today is going to feel. Mm. And oftentimes they get that confused with that today is going to be productive they want mm -hmm. this achievement-oriented piece. And so I often say, what does productivity feel like yes. to them? So thank yes. you for, for being in alignment with me on that. Um, 
because I really do believe that productivity is, is an emotional piece of it. It's a feeling. And then sometimes I say, okay, what's another word that you could use to describe the feeling of productivity? Because at the end of the day, that's what we're really driving towards. Right. What do I want to feel like on the inside versus, you know, who am I going to be at the end of the day? Yeah. And the same goes for the word success, right? Like success could be something we defined by the things we have or the things we got done or, you know, whatever check marks got checked off or the relationship got checked off or, you know, the weight that I wanted to be at got checked off, right? Like that we treat it like that rather than success being something that you feel, something that you experience in your body. Um, and I think if you start to think of it in an embodied way, it's really going to change your goals. It's going to change the way you go about each day because you're no longer heading towards this external thing or person or place. You're heading into yourself deeper and deeper. And yeah, the things that you end up doing are, might be facilitating that, but they're not the goal anymore. The goal is how you want to feel in the world. Right. And you can do that today without all those things. Right. And that's the beautiful thing of all of it. That's, that's so true. I think that so many people either define success as the dictionary definition, which I don't even know what it is because <laughs> that's not how I define it anymore. Or they don't realize that they don't define it at all. There's a lack of personal yes. definition with success. And when that happens, we really borrow societal ideals instead mm -hmm. of define what our success look like, looks like, mm -hmm. which I personally believe leads to issues with our bosses, with our spouses, with our parents, with our kids, because this isn't just success on, on a career level, right? This is right. the success of relationships. This is the success of love. This is the success of happiness. And so defining that piece of it, really getting really, really clear on what success means for you and communicating what success looks like for you as a team in a partner relationship, romantic or, or any of their other, other, you know, I think can be really, really healthy. What are your thoughts around what success means for you and how you've seen a lot of your clients kind of navigate that word? Yeah, I, this is such an important topic. I think, you know, success is, is a word that you're absolutely right. We don't often define. We just accept other people and whole society's understanding of what that is, right? So that might be all those cliches, the, the degrees, the corporate job, climbing the corporate ladder, um, marrying by a certain age, having two and a half kids and a white picket fence. And, you know, like these are all sort of like looking a certain way and your hair looking a certain way, and your body looking a certain way. We have these cultural understandings of what it means to be successful in the world. And yet, we are all completely different as human beings. So the idea that there would be one definition of it for all of us goes against everything we know about human beings, that we are all completely unique from day one. And so one of the first things I do when I'm working with someone is I have them sit down with a compass of values, of just understanding things as adjectives of how you want to be in the world, rather than as nouns of like things you want to get, right? Mm. So, so for example, you know, if we're 
if we're defining success along the line of work, right, rather than it being the income number or the job or the title, the degree or certification, it's how you want to show up in that way. I want to have a large impact. I want to have teamwork or I want to have lots of solo creative work. I want to like defining that for yourself around what that would feel like in terms of adjectives, in terms of emotions. And you can go across and do this with each category of your life. You can do it for yourself as a partner, as a parent, as a child to your own parents, as, you know, as what you want to do in your community, what, what your relationship is to your country, to where you grow up, right? Like, how do you kind of define these things, not by the things you achieve externally, but how you feel inside your body and the way you show up? And if you go through this process, you'll start to set different goals because you'll realize that you actually aren't after the shiny next thing. You're actually, it's not a journey outward. It's a journey inward, right? Like that. So when you change the direction, you change everything, right? In terms of how you go about it. And even for myself, like I, fortunately, I was on a path that when I defined my values, you know, a doctorate degree in psychology was still on the path. So I was like, cool, like, I'll, I'll keep going, right? Like, once I redefined it, I was like, actually, that's still online. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it differently. I'm still going to do it. Mm. And so but yet the, the whole, the whole purpose behind doing it changed. The meaning of it changed, right? And so that's really what this is about. It's about looking at how you want to show up in your own life. And defining success that way, only you can do that. You know, we, we can guide you, we can give you frameworks, but you, you do it for yourself. You show up for yourself and ask yourself the questions that need to be asked. Mm, it's deep work. It really is. And, and there's two questions that I ask my clients that they have a really hard time with. And I'm always shocked and I'm not shocked at all. Because when I started doing this work, I felt the same way. Like, I don't, my first reaction was, I don't know. No, that's just because I was so detached from my body that I didn't know how to really un- uncover and discover my, my true essence, my truth, my truth and my answers. But the two questions were, how do you define success? Right. And then what do you want your life to look like? So many people don't even know yes. what they want their life to look like because we've been so conditioned to allow our lives to look like someone else's. Absolutely. And I love what you said about even the measures of success. You know, there's so many entrepreneurs out there right now that measure success by numbers of followers on their Instagram, (laughs) numbers of downloads on their podcast, number of whatever, whatever. And metrics can be really great. You're a scientist. You know how important information is, (laughs) but it's also for me, it's the impact that I know that I'm having on other human lives. And, and I know some people may think that I'm BSing, but truly I know that I've already impacted lives and that alone is a massive success for me. It can be enough to have um, a handful of women or two handfuls of women say, wow, Heidi, I no longer use my scales and I love my body because I never thought that was possible for me. So the fact that I've been able to help people do what I did. That's, that's huge. 
That's yeah. huge. And that to me is success. It's okay that I have 666 followers and not 6,600 followers, right? Whatever mm-hmm. number I just said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the number doesn't matter because out of those 60,000, I may only impact six. But out of that right. 666, I might impact 500. Yep. Right? Yep. So yeah. So and and stepping into that success then, you know, like if if you're growing with whatever those metrics are, you're still staying connected to the reason why you're doing it in the first place. Because I guarantee you there are people out there that have the the metric version of success, the external thing that aren't having that deep level of impact that aren't in those enriching conversations. And I know, you know, when I'm with a client and I'm watching transformation happen right in front of my eyes, that is what I'm showing up for, right? Like that, that, that moment with that person in that hour, that group, that's it. Right. And so it changes how you even, if you are growing and working on those metric things, you're right. Like, yeah, sure. I'm a scientist. And I I think about numbers, but the reason for the numbers changes too, Mm -hmm. because you know, so it's not only about the numbers, all the numbers are serving is you having more of those powerful, blissful moments that are really driving you. And the magic is when you change your focus to that, those other things will flow into place in time too. Yes. <laughs> so, so the yes. metrics take care of themselves, right? You, you focus on doing more things that light you up every single day. And you know what? The way you're showing up is going to be a way people are drawn to, right? So it's going to naturally have an impact in all other areas of your life, but it won't be about those things anymore. Right. And, and that, that is living a really good life when you get to a place where you're like not really thinking too much about those things as the things you need, right? Like if you're using them, you're only using them as a means of just kind of keeping track of your business. Like you keep track of your budget, right? Like that's, that's all it is. Right. But my, the number of like, just like with money, the amount of money in my bank account doesn't define my feeling of abundance, right? Like Mm -hmm. that doesn't, that doesn't define that. My feeling of abundance shows up in, you know, like I was talking to you before we jumped on the recording about, you know, sitting down with a group of friends that I've had a little quarantine pod with, you know, during the pandemic, sitting down with them, over a beautiful dinner and a glass of wine and like sitting together and having deep, rich conversations and really, really kind of honing into those human connections and bonding at that deep level. That's abundance, right? Oh yeah. It has nothing to do with metrics, right? So I think, yeah, you, you keep track of, you know, numbers because that helps us stay alive in the world, I guess, keep track of your bank account, but that's not the reason, right? Like that's not the reason why. And it's not where you find your abundance. It's not where you find your bliss. And, you know, I think that's been said many, many times before. I think the invitation is for those who are listening to not hear that with their mind this time, because they've probably heard this many times before, but start hearing that with your body. Mm. And that's actually what I really have people do. If people are kind of listening to this conversation and they're like, I don't really know what flow is. I don't really like, I've been going about this with my head for so long. It's really hard for me to even understand what, what this means. Sitting down with that in, inside your body. I do a lot of visualization work. Um, actually, ho- hopefully if you share with listeners, I have a little visualization. It's called a vision and flow meditation packet that I love to give out to um, 
to, you know, people that are in my orbit, just to give them a sense of this, like what is mm-hmm. flowing the body, but actually tapping into the times when you felt it in your life, like you have felt flow and we're just not listening to those states, right? We're kind of bypassing them and heading straight back into our head and back into our thoughts. So the more we can get down into our body and feel into that and then integrate that into our day, Mm-hmm. the more we'll start living from that place. So that's my invitation. Listen to this with your body, not with your head. That is such a beautiful invitation. And you guys, all of this is going to be in the show notes. So you can definitely get the free vision and flow meditation bundle from Asha, like she just described and start there. Cause I was going to ask you, and so this is this was the answer when it feels like there's just so much expectation and there's just so much pressure. And it's kind of like, I hear people say, well, that's easy for you to say, (laughs) well, it's easy for me to say now because I've been working a lot longer at the deep rooted work because I was willing to click on, uh, you know, a free vision and flow meditation because I was willing to click on the opportunity when someone made the invitation to come to a a yoga in the park session or a breathwork session, or just be a little bit more curious about something that I hadn't yet tried. So if you guys are feeling Um, disconnected or confused on what flow and body and being in your body and having abundance and all of these, this kind of lingo that sounds a little bit lingering and different. (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you. I felt that for a really long time. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure Asha, you've had this experience too, where you're just like, what are they talking about? I just need the Red Bull. Like I just need the Red Bull. Go away. I don't want to hear your woo woo crap. But I'm telling you, if you just invite this in, what's the, what's the best thing that can happen? The best thing that can happen is you found, find a new tool that maybe you'll want to tap into once in a while when, when it serves you. And the worst thing that can happen is it's not for you. That's it. So beautiful invitation. Thank you for gifting that to people and being able to go out and reach for that. Um, It will be on our show notes. And how else can people find you and get more of you in their life? (laughs) Um, Sure. So a few places you can find me. I am most active on Instagram. So definitely come hang out there. Uh, My handle is consistently Asha and the, my brand's the consistent creative because I think those are really kind of the two states of being that I'm all about both the flow of being creative and being in your energy and the grit the being consistent the showing up to your life every single day and kind of the marriage of those two things so uh, the consistent creative you can get uh, more info and resources at theconsistentcreative.com. But yeah, I would, I would come hang out on Instagram if you had you know, an insight, a question, something come up for you. I, I love chatting um, with people over there. So come hang out, DM me. I would love, love to see you there. That's amazing. You guys, you're going to want more and more of this woman in your life. She's <laughs> absolutely a dream to be around. And I love what you just said, because my coach and my coach often uses the words include and transcend, include and transcend. So I love that your energy really provides the welcome invitation to include all parts of you. You get to include the, the hustle and the flow, like it gets to be where whatever it is that your essence is 
and you really help people discover what those pieces and parts are so they can include all of it, include and transcend. So just thank you for being willing to step out of what you knew and prioritize your energy to make space for joy because that's just such a beautiful, beautiful gift to go against the grain and find your greatness. Thank you so much, Heidi. And thank you for sharing your gifts with the world as well. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I'm going to wrap it up with two closing questions, if you don't mind. And the first one is, what do you love most about yourself? I love that I am shamelessly in my authenticity, even when that's adorkable and weird. And, you know, I am just, I, I have learned to really love that I am, I think my uniqueness is my strength, right? And seeing it that way has been absolutely wonderful. So really, really just, I just love that I prioritize my, my authenticity in the world over, Mm. over everything else. Yeah. Just having met you in person, I was automatically drawn to that authenticity. I was like, who is this stunning woman? Not only is she like stunning on the outside, you guys, I was like, who is this redheaded goddess that I need to talk to? (laughs) But then like actually just sitting next to you, getting to know you, I was just like, I felt immediately you have this sense of ease and comfort. And it's because you are authentically you and you're not afraid to just be you and it's so welcoming when you meet people and you know that they're just being who they were born to be right it's just it's so good so good and the last question is what does joy feel like for me joy feels like expansion from my whole body it is the connection between my body and all of the world Right? I'm seeing the world through my heart instead of my head. That for me is, is joy. Mm. Mm. That's just so <laughs> warm and gooey like a great brownie. <laughs> so oh my gosh. This chat has been absolutely incredible. I'm sure we're going to have to have you back on the podcast again. So you guys mm-hmm. go and send in some reviews tap into Asha on her Instagram, ask the good questions, let her know, let me know what topics you want us to jam on next, because I know that this is only the first of many incredible conversations. I love you. I adore you. I'm so grateful to know you and, and be in your energy. So thank you so much for coming on and being a part of this day today. Thank you, Heidi. We'll talk soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own junk to joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcast. To learn more about Cup of Joy the Podcast, and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon.